reached the Entertainment Hotline, a chatter podcast. Listen as celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle. Chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. Dial 1 for movie stars. Dial 2 for streaming stars. Dial 3 for TV stars. Dial 4 for music stars. Or press 0 to speak with the star of the show herself, Anita. Hi, it's Rob Collins from Channel 7's RFBS. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Entertainment Hotline. I am your host and Head of Entertainment at Media Week and Chatter, Anita Annabelle. Australia's beloved drama series RFDS is set to make a thrilling return with its much-awaited Season 2 premiere. Starring an all-star Aussie cast, including Stephen Peacock, Emma Hamilton, Justine Clarke and Rob Collins, to name a few. The new season will see RFDS's Southeast team face their most challenging trials yet. Season 2 picks up one year after Eliza left Broken Hill behind. And much has changed. The determined team will face some of their most confronting challenges in the air, on land, with each other and within themselves set against the Outback's isolation, beauty and brutality. In this episode, I spoke with Rob Collins, who plays Dr Wayne Yates. Rob spoke about the series hiatus, what it's like shooting among the real RFDS at the base in Melbourne and what the series gets right about the Indigenous experience in our country. It's a powerful chat and I can't wait to watch the entire season. RFDS premieres on August 15 on Channel 7 and 7 Plus. Here's Rob Collins. Hello, Anita. How are you? I'm so well. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very excited to talk to you. Oh, likewise. Thanks for making time. <laughs> of course, of course. You're, I'm a huge fan of all of your work, so this is a rather a little coup for me. Oh, yay. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Of course. Whereabouts are you at the moment? I'm in Sydney and uh, I've just finished the first week of um, the latest series of Total Control. Oh, my God. Gosh, you're a busy, busy, busy man, aren't you? I know. It's been good. It's been so good. Maybe it's uh, all this this uh, activity before the, uh, the void, the cliff approaches <laughs> that every actor is uh, scared of. Oh, no, don't say that. Don't say that because all of your shows <laughs> that you do... <laughs> They all, you know, they all keep getting other seasons, so that's so exciting. Yeah, 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 I know. No, I've been very, very, very fortunate. But we're here to talk about RFDS, which I love yeah, this show. Yeah, So, firstly, there was a hiatus from the show for like two years, and now it's back. It I must- know, I know. I'm so happy. I, I just, I remember that. That feeling going, oh, no, because it looked for a a hot minute there that we weren't going to go again. Uh, So I'm just so happy that we're here. Um, It went away for a long time and then there were whispers and then here we are having having just, well, they're still filming. I've I've completed my block on it and, and I think the plan is to have the next series out before the end of the year. So, yeah, just so excited for it to go again. Hopefully we'll get a few more in. Well, that's exactly what we were told is that it's going to be by the end of the year, so that's exciting. Yay. <laughs> that's great. I love how sometimes we know more than you do. Oh, it's always the way. Man, I, I was just I was saying this to crews that I work with. It's, it's normally the hair and makeup people that know before you 
uh, and then it's the crew, the the unit know more than you, and the actors, I feel, sometimes are the last people to know. So there you go. Well, maybe maybe you just get asked more. Does that make sense? Like maybe people approach you more for things and maybe you're not allowed to know just in case. Yeah, maybe that too. I also am terrible at, um, you know, I leak like a sieve in terms of my information. So maybe productions are like, let's not tell Rob uh, if we don't want this information to be disseminated. Okay, so what can you tell me? (laughs) <laughs> about the latest season? I'm just kidding. I, you said you leaked my like a sieve. <laughs> but I've learnt my lesson the hard way. <laughs> really? When was that? Oh, my God, please tell me. <laughs> no, look, I, I'm, I'm playing it up a bit. But um, <laughs> your point about me being the last one, that hasn't, that hasn't changed in all these years. <laughs> I love that. What exciting things are happening in season two, though, that you can tell me now that it's set a year on? It's set a year on. My character, Wayne, is now the senior medical officer. Um, There's a lot of exciting key casts returning. Uh, My son, played by Thomas Wetherill, uh, Wayne is still trying to connect with Kim. Um, uh, lovely Lee Willis, who plays my brother, features again. Uh, you've got the wonderful core cast and, and Stephen Peacock, Emma Hamilton, uh, Rodney Fee, Ash Ricardo, Jack Scott, and a uh, very exciting bevy of new actors, including Emma Harvey, uh, Jack Kenny. Um, so it's going to be, it's, it's broadened the RFD, RFDS universe this time around. The medical drama is still there. Um, in fact, I think we've upped the ante in terms of what you see uh, play out on screen in terms of our medical expertise. We had a wonderful medical advisor in Tim Duncan who was a constant presence on set to make sure we honoured that story and and uh, did it with a sense of authenticity. So if a medical professional were watching, um, mostly they'd go, oh, yes, that happens in real life. So that was an important element of the show. But in terms of Wayne's own journey, uh, where I think we're in uncharted territory in terms of what you're used to seeing on Australian screens before. And uh, the script um, helmed by the wonderful Ian Meadows, who just worked like a dog on this series uh, to get everything right. And he's just done a stellar job. This season is incredible uh, and owes a lot to him, uh, to Imogen Banks, Sarah Richardson and the whole team who are really dedicated in telling the story in an authentic way. But in in, in uh, Wayne's storyline in particular and that cross-section of um, when Indigenous people are coming into contact with um, um, with with uh, the, the health sector, um, you know, it's always a sad story and Indigenous people are overrepresented in that in that respect. And, and you see it in all its complexity and ugliness in this season in particular. Um, there have been moments where I've read the script thinking, wow, this is, I can't believe we are going there and telling the story in such an open and unapologetic way and without giving too much away, um, 
it really deals with um, mental health between men. I, I feel like you don't really see that on TV a lot. And it deals really openly with uh, racism in a way that doesn't pull any punches, but in a way that's genuine and not placarded um, and just shows uh, that issue for, for, for what it is and that it doesn't just affect Indigenous characters, but also non-Indigenous characters as well. Um, I'm really excited to see people's uh, reaction to the show and to Wayne's journey in, in particular, um, especially in a year where I feel like it's in Australia, it's where we're more willing and daring to have that conversation than we have been um, in the past. So the people who have loved the show from the first season will will love this one too. There's all the familiar elements there. There's a lot of heart and warmth that underpins the entire show. Um, but we're, we're having conversations that might be uneasy conversations to have, but, but necessary ones to have. Um, and the fact that we're having it on uh, a network such as Seven uh, to be able to get into people's living rooms um, is, to me, is just such a privilege. And I, I find incredible that we've been able to do that. Everything that you said there, that is just so much... I guess that is so complex and so bold for Australian television. Do you find right. that Absolutely. going? Yeah. Do you find that going into those uncharted territories? Do you think it's like about time that we go there? Yes, in a word, <laughs> um, but in a way that there's something about the drama that's disarming. Um, you can tell these stories in a way that brings people along. Um, you can tell these stories in a way that holds society to account. Um, but you do that through the lens of someone's lived experience. You know, um, if you can't take people along for the ride by showing them a human experience that they may have had as well, be they, be they Indigenous or non-Indigenous, then for me, that doesn't work as well and it's not as rewarding. Um, yes, there are things that First Nations people will see in the show that are particular to them and their lived experience, and we're talking about racism. Mm. There is not a single First Nations person that will see some parts of the show and might not be triggered by that sort of stuff. Um, I'm, I'm confident um, that we have honoured that story um, Ado Wills, a wonderful director for that block, um, who for me is integral to, to Wayne's story uh, and the life he has on the show, mined a lot of his own lived experience with that and was just so open and generous with it. I don't think I've had... Um, I don't think I've had experiences on set uh, working with material and a director in quite the way I have recently with Ada, it was a real um, intimate, creative experience. We drew on a lot of personal experience. A lot of that is hurtful. Um, a lot of it deals with uh, being marginalised, being being pushed aside, 
um, being um, overlooked, being treated as a statistic, um, all those familiar um, all those familiar feelings, I think, for a lot of First Nations people uh, in life are uh, represented in, in, in Wayne's journey for this season. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm really proud of what we've been able to to do and, and really excited to see um, it's, you know, how people are going to react to it. It sounds amazing. And I think also there's going to be a lot of lessons learned for audiences. Yeah. Yes, lessons learned, but not in that, not in that, uh, you know, we're not, we are pointing the finger, but it's not, um, it, it's not in a placarded way. You know, it's always grounded in drama. It's always grounded in some sort of sense of realism. Um, and like the best social commentary, it's it's firmly rooted in in um, uh, in the drama world, you know. So it, it's it's um, I think we've struck that balance between talking about broader issues like racism, but in a way that ultimately uh, drama leads the way. You know, we're, we're still keenly aware it's a show that's loved by lots of people, both here and abroad. Uh, we want to honour that audience um, and a, a lot of the people that we brought along for the first season will be happy with this with this season. I mean, uh, as I said before, the, the underpinning of the show is, um, you know, it looks at an extraordinary group of individuals who give their life to saving people's lives and people who are isolated. You know, um, RFDS for many communities um, in regional Australia are the lifeblood, you know. They're not just medical professionals, but for some people, they can be the only people that they see for months, you know. So they deliver groceries, they get to know family, they deliver mail, you know, they become um, intimately involved with, with people because they see people at the best moments of their lives and, and the worst moments of their lives. So that is the heart of the show, these extraordinary individuals. These other stories that we've laid into it um, only broadens and deepens um, that story, you know. And I think we've we've done well in tackling those big issues, but in a way that's really um, entertaining because drama leads always. Always. You touched on the RFDS. I mean, that is a real service that has been in Australia, a staple in Australia for so, so long. Is there a pressure to portray characters that are potentially based on, well, I mean, the stories are real, so there are stories that are told that are real in terms of what actually yeah. happens. I mean, is there a pressure to, to tell those stories? By and large, I don't feel that pressure. You know, we are we are fully invested in the world, um, but we're aware as actors of what we're doing and what our job is. The only time I have to say where I do feel self-conscious that I'm perhaps playing a medical professional <laughs> whose actual job is to save lives is when an actual doctor walks past you. <laughs> Because we film, we film at the base a lot, wow. which is uh, in Broken Hill, is a still an operational base. 
So we share it with real professionals that are doing real retrievals, that are treating people in real time. And it's quite a surreal environment to work in because sometimes you could be doing a scene in the RFDS clinic room and have to stop rolling cameras and a real team will walk through the middle of the scene with a real patient and you just go, oh, God, I yes, I, this is... At the same time, it's wonderful, it's invigorating, but there is that sense of awe and wonder of like, wow, these look at these real people. I've got this fake costume on and I'm <laughs> pretending to say all these things. And there's an actual real-life hero in front of me doing the thing, you know. But it's, it's less intimidating and more because the RFDS themselves are big fans of the show. You know, they are invested... Uh, in us telling the best story possible. So there is a sense of, uh, there is a collegiate sense there as well. Yes, we're, we're actors and, and um, none of our situations are life and death. But, um, the, the real people doing the real work on the ground really want us to uh, dedicate it and helping us tell that story as well. But I guess you're telling their stories, you know, and I think that that's what makes it so powerful is that you're telling their stories in a way that Australians might not know exactly what's really happening without you telling those stories of the RFDS. No, that's right. I mean, and that's the wonderful thing about the show. I mean, it, it tells the story of, of regional Australia, which I don't know many shows that have, have done that in, in such a... Um, um, in such a focused way because largely it feels like regional Australia is forgotten. So yes, there's this there are these amazing medical professionals who their day in and day out people wouldn't be aware of. And I must say they're real stories. I mean, if, if Ian Meadows could fit um, their real story, all the stories that he's heard in the show, I mean, it would just go for season after season after season and sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. The experiences they've had working the real job are just incredible, you know. Um, and I'm confident that we've captured some of that, that, that magic. But you're right. It is, uh, it is uh, there will be a lot of people unfamiliar uh, with this world and I'm just so honoured to be able to um, share it with the rest of Australia. You mentioned that you share the base with the actual RFDS. Do you actually then get yep. to, in your downtime, you know, between takes or during lunch, do you ever talk to the doctors and the nurses that are there? Uh, Ian Meadows, the, the, the head script guru, um, has spent a lot of time uh, with these good folks. And, uh, you know, they, they are kind of the lifeblood of the story. And with our RFDS, um, um, what would you call it? Um, our main link to the RFDS is the wonderful Melissa Perkins, um, who's been intimately involved with the process as well. So, yes, there's a, there's a real marriage there between the show and the service itself. And for actors, um, yes, there is crossover there as well. I know with some cast members, um, RFDS folk have become friends and, you know, they meet socially. And, um, but at the end of the day, they're a, they're a really busy uh, group of individuals <laughs> as well. 
you know, even when we've had um, dinners with uh, some RFPS nurses, um, they've been on call the whole time. At any moment, we'd have to pick up a page and then leave leave the building to go do their real job. So, yeah, it's it's one of those uh, rare um, projects where you're so intimately involved with the subject that you're portraying. It's, uh, and it does. I think you can feel that in the show. You know, that that presence of the actual RFS is really important for the show itself. It sounds amazing, to be honest. It sounds so special. Like, the, I, I I speak to a lot, yeah. of, a lot of actors, and this is this is really the first time that I've heard that there's such a crossover and so intimately involved. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's like I say. I think it's integral, and it's not an accident. I mean the both the RFDS um, and um, Imogen Banks and Sarah Richards and our, our fearless leaders were really deliberate about that. You know, it's not a story that you can tell without them. Um, and it just adds to the rich, richness and authenticity of the show. You know, it's um, you, you couldn't make it without that kind of partnership. Has there been any real-life stories or situations that you've had to act out that you've just been blown away by, that you've gone, I cannot believe that this is this actually happened? Um, y- yes, but it's not what you expect. I mean, um, I spoke earlier about... Uh, the Indigenous experience with the health service broadly, mm. uh, there's a sequence or an episode where, I mean, without going into detail, there are scenarios in that that I, I am very familiar with, intimately familiar with, and I think a lot of First Nations people would be intimately familiar with. Um, and I've had moments... Yes, in reading the script, and that was everyone's experience. All actors and cast and crew who read that scene were coming up to me in the weeks prior to shooting it in, in tears and going, oh, I can't believe this This script is amazing. can't believe we're going there. Um, and I, I have to say, in reading some of those scenes, I've, I've had myself moments where I'm like, wow, I can't believe that we're, we're telling this story. Yes, I'm familiar with this this scenario, and sadly, I've seen it play out in my own life, and I've had family members subjected to it. Uh, but the fact that it's on commercial television and we're telling it in such an unapologetic, real, genuine way that's not tokenistic, um, that sees it in all its ugliness and all its hopelessness and all its complexity, yes. It's a rare space indeed for commercial television. And, um, yeah, there are some pinch-me moments where I'm like, I'm so honoured to be able to... to, And and just lucky as an actor, uh, an Aboriginal actor in Australia, to be able to be part of telling that story and be part of a team that's you know has a real desire to tell that story as well. So, yes, with Wayne's journey in particular, there are some real dark reflective aspects of it. And I'm talking reflective for the Australian audience Mm. in particular um, that are going to be 
a challenging watch, um, but ultimately uh, worth it. You've spoken about the cast and crew a lot and how does doing a show like this and, and what is that cast like? Yeah, look, it's um, sometimes you can't, you can't predict these things and you can't engineer them. But, and, and it's such a cliche thing to say that, you know, we're a family, but it genuinely feels that way. And as someone who spends the majority of time away from his own family and on the road um, and working away from home, that's, there are a few things that are more important to me mm. than to be able to um, go to work and work with good people who like you, who love you, who are interested in you, who care about you um, as a person, but also about your work. It's such a, a rarity. You know, I feel like I've really won the lottery there in the last few years. Um, and especially on this project, you know, we are friends first, you know, and colleagues second, and that goes with everyone. Um, and it's not a token thing to say. And I think when you see our work and you see um, our characters portrayed on screen, you know, you can't fake that kind of chemistry. You know, these are my good friends and um, I'm in that really rare, lucky position of being able to um, make work with them as well. You know, and, and I think of a lot of it as pure luck. Yes, they are really great, great actors, you know, and familiar faces and people that are just really, really good with what they do. But the fact that they're just really good humans as well, like that's that's just a, a huge bonus. And it makes being away from your own family for months and months on end um, a bit of an easier pill to swallow. I feel like a lot of people see actors and they're like, oh, they're, they're doing all of these amazing things and it's so glamorous and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, the reality of the situation is, yes, you are doing those things, but you are spending so much time away from your family. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's a hard conversation in particular for me to have. Um, I, I, I've been so busy, um, which... As an actor, to be able to say that is such, I'm keenly aware um, of my privilege in that respect. You know, not a lot of actors are working. Not a lot of of actors can say that they work consistently. Um, I pinch myself that I'm I'm, I'm able to, have been able to do that. Of course, every actor goes through peaks and troughs um, with their career, um, but I've been able to sustain um, you know, a really good career over these last few years. And that privilege is not lost on me. But the flip side of that is, uh, yes, it does take me away from home a lot. And while a lot of, a lot of actors would see that as a, a good problem to have, it is a problem nonetheless. You know, it is something that I grapple with I'm very family orientated. Uh, I do have a young family. Um, and the reality is I'm missing out on a lot of their, their growing up. You know, I, I, 
I'm someone who tries to get back home um, as often as I can. Sometimes the schedule doesn't allow that. And I've been in the fortunate position to be able to have them here with me um, at times, which earlier on in my career, I, I wasn't able to do that. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a constant uh, juggle that any actor knows that, that between work and, and, and family as well. And which is the other thing. I mean, there's so many families connected on RFDS. Mm. Um, uh, Ian Meadows himself um, had his family uh, there and his young son there with him, um, which is there's something really, I don't know, warm and, and, um, and um, reassuring about that, that you're not the only person that's kind of away from his family. There's a lot of working families, both in cast and crew, that spend a lot of time away from, from their families. I think it's just part and parcel of, of the gig. But, you know, I think if you're an actor, the fact that you're working consistently is something that you, you know, it's not, it's not good to complain about that wonderful predicament. Mm-hmm. But there are some times where I'm like, yeah, I, I'm ready to go home now. Of course. But like I say, it's just the the fact that I'm working with a lot of good people, um, you know, is 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 kind of a a soothing aspect to it all. You are so warm and generous. Um, it's been quite an honour to talk to you, I have to say. Oh, thanks. No, I've just been sitting here just very engrossed in everything that you're saying. It's so wonderful. My last question is about you. And I'm, given that you started acting in your 30s, which blows my mind considering how successful you already are, I want to know what advice you would give yourself knowing what you know now, before you made that leap to do this? Oh, wow. What advice I would give myself? Um, well, I feel like at the start of this journey I did have that advice and it came from my wife and it was... Um, um, not to be fearful. You know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of opportunity in this career, maybe in any career, to make decisions out of fear. And if I look back on my career and how I got into it, there are so many points where I could not be in the position that I'm in now because something seemed too hard or was too scary. And I feel like as actors, you're constantly battling with that sense of fear. Um, so I, I would only, that, that would be the advice I'd, I'd give, is that to continue to uh, not make decisions based on fear um, and and to, to, to back yourself a little and knowing that... Um, you have a story to tell and there's no one else like you uh, to tell it. Mm. You know, there's a lot of, as well as being fearful, there's a lot of situations of where I feel like um, we're doing the wrong thing or, you know, we shouldn't be doing it this way. Um, 
but yeah, just to trust yourself and not be fearful. Really, everything else hinges off off that. Not just in the work, but just in life. This has honestly been brilliant. Thank you so much for chatting to me. You are just so lovely. It has been lovely. Thanks for calling the Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at the entertainment underscore hotline pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud Chatter podcast.